But notice it says here, Jesus saw their faith. All of their faith. Not just one of them. Not just the faith of the man that was on the bed, but the faith of all of these men. And what you need to realize is, is these men not only had faith in Christ, that, that he could heal them, but, but their faith compelled them to take action on behalf of their friend. They had enough faith to bring him to where Jesus was. And when they got there, they saw that they couldn't get through the front door. And they had enough faith to carry him up onto the roof by a staircase or a ladder and then begin to tear Peter's house apart so they could bring him to Christ, which emphasizes, I think, a principle that all of us Christians need to learn and live by. We must be willing to do everything in our power to bring others to Christ. Everything. We must be willing to do whatever it takes to bring others to Christ. Hear me on this. We must be willing to talk to people. We must be willing to get out of our comfort zone. We must be willing to push past ourselves. We must be willing to take risks in order to bring others to Christ. These men tore the roof off of Peter's house. Why? Because they had no doubt that Jesus could heal this man. They were convinced of it. And they knew that Jesus was his only hope. He was not going to get better on his own own. No one gets better on their own. His only hope was to bring him to Christ. And we need to live the same way. I say we because I'm preaching to me too. But for some reason we don't. Examine your hearts. We don't live this way. If you're a Christian, do you believe that Jesus is the only way? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the hope of the world? Do you believe that he can do what he promised to do, which is to save us from our sins? Do you believe that he's the answer to to all of our greatest problems? Do you believe that he died on the cross in order to pay for your sins? Do you believe that everyone who comes to faith in him will be saved and have eternal life? And do you believe that those who don't turn to him are lost? Do you believe that? And do you believe that they will face an eternity of horrific pain and agony and torment? Well, if you believe that, if we believe that, then why in the world are we so unwilling to talk to other people about Christ? If we really believe that, why? I mean, we know, right? You said you believe Everyone that I know, every person that I know, all the deacons of this church, all the, all the, the people that serve here in this church say that they believe that. We know that he can save people. We know that, that he can heal them. So why are we so unwilling, not, that we're not willing to do whatever it takes to find you know, other people and bring them to Christ? Why are there things that we just say we're not willing to do? Why are we willing to knock on doors of our neighbors and invite them? church? Why aren't we willing to go out in the community and invite people to church to to events or at least just go talk to them and ask them, how can I pray for you? Why are we so unwilling to knock on doors? Why does that that phrase just really set people off? 
Why are we unwilling to engage in conversations with strangers that we go to town and, 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 and that we won't talk to people around us that we don't know in an effort to be able to like at least broach the subject or, or at least put a tract in their hands? Why do we struggle to, to tell our family members, hey, I love you, but I've got to talk to you. Do we really believe these things that we say that we believe? I've been praying if you've been hearing me pray on Sunday morning, I've been praying for this church that it would rise up and go out into this community and storm the gates of hell and share the hope of Christ with all we come in contact with here in this community. For years I've been praying for that. And I've talked about mobilizing the church so that we can go out and engage the community. I've talked about lots of ideas. And, and, and if you've noticed, we've been, we've been talking about the mission of Christ for a long time now. Like that's been a theme that's been running through through sermon after sermon after sermon for a long time now. The mission of, of Christ. All right? And if you remember Vision Sunday, where we talked about that we're going to become people of the book who know the Word of God, people of prayer who are before God praying, and that every person in this community is going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've been mentioning this and talking about ways that we can individually and corporately go out and engage the community, and I've come up with lots of ideas, and I've read lots of ideas, and I've heard lots of ideas, and I've been talking about it with groups of people and individuals and, and even the whole church. And when I do, you should see the pushback that I get. There, we get to this place, to get to this point, there is something that causes people to push back. People get irritated with me. They get antsy when I begin to talk about things. They begin to tell me, well, for this reason or that reason, this can't work or won't work or this or, you know, well, you know, I'm just not really comfortable with that. Well, you know, I'm just, I just really don't know enough about the Bible. Well, you, you know, I'm just, I'm not confident in my ability if they ask me questions. You know, I'm just not wired up that way. You know, other religions do those kinds of things. So we shouldn't do those things either. Well, you know, I think that, that, that God just wants me, my personal opinion, my God wants me to be nice to people and to live my life in such a way that I'm so nice and so loving and giving to people all the time that they will notice that and come to me and ask me, what's this Jesus thing? And I get all kinds of pushback. Why can't or won't or shouldn't walk out here, out of this church, into this community and purposefully share the gospel of Christ with other people. Do we believe that Jesus has the power to save people? Do we believe that, Je that unless people save them, unless they come to Christ, they are lost? Do, you, do well, We understand that. We understand that there are people who are dying every day who don't know Jesus. And when that happens, they step off into eternity forever. The vast majority of people who die right now step off into eternity without Christ. Then why, if we believe that, wouldn't we do everything within our power to bring people to Christ? Look at our community. If there's a phrase that people keep repeating over and over and over again, it's, man, this place just keeps getting worse and worse. Crime is on the rise. Homeless people are moving in with no resources, you know, for them to, to survive. You know, the drug culture is everywhere. What are we doing about it? Because if there's anything in this community that it needs more than anything else, if there's anything this community needs more than anything else, it is Jesus. Because only Jesus can save.
Not to mention Jesus can break addictions. Jesus can restore relationships. Jesus can bring forgiveness. Jesus can restore hope. Jesus can help people grow up. Jesus can show people and men how men are supposed to live and lead in their families and their community. Jesus can show people how to take responsibility for their lives. Jesus can transform lives and entire communities. What your friends need, what the members of your family need, what, what your, neighbor, your neighbors need and what the community members need is Jesus Christ. They need to be healed by him. What is it that's getting in the way of you and I bringing them to him? I mean, these guys took radical steps. Think about this. I mean, they carried this man on a stretcher from God knows where, right? And they, they get to the house, and the house is so crowded and, and so thick with people, they can't even get in the door. And so they carry him up on the, on the roof with a, by a ladder, and then they, they begin to physically tear the roof off of the house so they can bring this man to Jesus. Right? These were absolutely unusual steps. Right? And, and notice they weren't saying, well, you know, I'm not really comfortable climbing up on his house. I mean, that's kind of rude, right? Well, you know, I'm not really comfortable actually tearing the roof off. I mean, he might get mad. Right? He, he might not like that. He might really get ir- he might be he might get irritated. In fact, he might even sue us and make us pay for that, right? I mean, we're gonna get dirt on everybody and dust on everybody. It's gonna inconvenience everybody. What if we interrupt what Jesus is saying, right? Wouldn't he get mad at us? Maybe maybe we should just wait. And maybe we should just, you know what, just hope that Jesus will notice our friends somewhere in the community at some point and, and, and Jesus will make it better. No, these men didn't care about those things. They knew that their friend was in need. They knew that they loved their friend and they knew that Jesus could help them. And so they did what they could do and taking radical steps to do it to get him to Jesus. Why are we not willing to do the same? Well, part of the reason is we live in the United States of America and we're a very comfortable people. And believe me, I want you to hear me I was glad I was born here. And I sing that song, you know, America the Beautiful, and it brings tears to my eyes because I love this country, right? And I hold to the unpopular opinion that the United States has been and still is the greatest nation that ever existed. And I believe that the world is a better place because of the United States of America. I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. But on the downside, we live, living here has made us very comfortable and very complacent. We don't live with a sense of urgency. We do not live for eternity. We live for the weekend. We live for, for vacations. We, we live for our kids' sports. We live for our retirements. But we don't live for eternity. Now, I'm not saying those other things are bad because they're not bad. They are good things, but they are not as important as eternity. And for many Americans, including many Christians, the point of life is to work hard, play hard, save some money so that you can spend the rest of your life walking on a beach collecting seashells. That the point of your life is to be comfortable. The point of your life is to be secure. The point of your life is to be safe. But that is not the point of your life if you're called by Christ. If you've been rescued from the pit of hell, if, you, if Christ has saved you from your sin, if, if, if you now belong to the family of God, the purpose of your life is to bring glory to God in all that you do. 
Your purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And the way that He has ordained for you to bring glory to Him is to be a part of the mission that Christ has called all of us to, which is to go out and make disciples. Every one of us, every single Christian is called to go out into the world and make disciples. We are to go out there and bring people to Jesus. That's why our church mission statement says what it says. We're a loving community of Christ followers, passionately in pursuit of Jesus, deeply connected to one another, and completely committed to sharing the hope of Jesus Christ with our community and our world. That is what we were made for. That is what we were saved for. But we live in a country that tells us that life is about us. It's about our stuff. It's about our individual choices and all about what makes us comfortable and makes us feel fulfilled. And so we become very apathetic about bringing people to Christ. All the while, our brother in Christ, Adam Young, he risks going to jail simply for inviting someone to church. You see, when he tells someone about Jesus, he's not just facing an uncomfortable situation. He's not facing simply the fear of rejection. He's facing his government coming to where he is and shutting down his church, taking all his stuff and taking him and his family and putting them in jail. That's what he's facing. Or how about our brothers and sisters in Christ who live in China? They have been rounded up by the hundreds by the, the government and they're shipping them off to prisons because they refuse to stop gathering and they refused to stop evangelizing the lost. The pastor of the early Rain Covenant Church in China was arrested along with many other Christians, by the mem- but, but the members of the church continued to worship and evangelize, and so the government came in, they seized the building, they locked the door, and the congregation still showed up outside and continued to meet outside the building for worship and preaching, and the government just keeps coming by and keeps arresting them. Brothers and sisters, these people understand that their purpose is not to live a comfortable life. The purpose of their life is to glorify God by bringing the lost to Christ by whatever means are necessary, regardless of the cost. These men were willing to do whatever it takes to bring others to Christ. And that's how it should be if we really believe the gospel.